0: Hello. Hi, John. Who's there? Who's that? <laughs> Who's that? It's, it's me. Hi, Merlin. <laughs> 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 was, that, was that a what's up or a Cosby?
1: Uh, oh no, I don't I never did a Cosby impression.
0: I never, I never thought he was one. funny. I didn't I didn't watch half of Bill Cosby himself this weekend. Um The <laughs> chocolate cake behind you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hello, John. Hi. You know, I'm
1: sitting here. I've got. I had. I bought some pillowcases. Ooh. And I bought some pillows to go in them. Mm-hmm. And as I was buying the pillows, I was like, "These pillows aren't big enough for these pillowcases." I hate that. Uh, but I, I got a lot to say about pillows and pillowcases. But I did it anyway. These are couch pillows, not not home pillows.
0: Oh, I see. So uh in the trade, they call it more of a cushion. Yeah, that's right, a cushion. But the and, disparity still bothers me. It bothers me, and and um, my pillows on my bed are all too big for my pillowcases. Yeah, that's what I got a lot to say about. There's been yeah, a lot so, of pillow inflation, and I think it's bullshit.
1: The pillows are enormous, and, and I've got all these great pillowcases, and I can't use them. But these pillowcases. This is like that
0: classic, you know, the hot dogs uh, come in a set of eight, and the buns yeah. come in six or whatever. Yeah, the hot dog's too hot. We, yeah, we, you even yeah. like to call your mini golf ball. Yeah, we got it here for you. We got this uh, the tiny the chairs. Ride, the rides weren't scary enough. <laughs> so,
1: so so what I did, I was sitting here on Ooh. the couch, the couch, the pillow, the cushions were were saggy. And so I took the I took a pillow out of one, I put it in the other
0: so I got two pillows per per But see, now, now you're changing physics. Yeah. yeah. So so if I understand correctly, um you use the cases that you got mm-hmm. in good faith. Mhm were too big for the internals of the cushion that they mm-hmm. would be housing. They were selling them right next to each other.
1: Here's the pillow, here's the pillowcase. Oh, uh, now that's just irresponsible. I held them up. I was like, are you sure about that? But mm. it was all wrapped and everything, and I didn't want to unpack it. But do you want two cushions of depth? Well, so this is what I've been confronting. Now Now I've got pillows that are, uh, they are generously Stuffed now, and they and I and I, I put two of them here because I was going to bolster mm. my, myself.
0: I was going to bolster in order Great to term, yeah. In order my, to my, do my the show, my lady has a bolster for doing some of her stretching exercises.
1: Yeah, yeah. So these would be podcasting. For your, bolsters. This is your couch exercises. Mm-hmm. And uh, and they were too big. Oh, yeah. the, the 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 pillows are too big. The rides aren't scary enough, and the pillows are too big. <sighs> John, but I'd to, rather have a, yeah. I'd rather have that. I'd rather have that than a pillow that looks like a. That oh, I've looks like bo- a I've used condom.
0: I've had both, and it's it's. It almost makes me think the Germans got the right idea with standardizing everything, you know, mm. whether it's paper sizes or other things, like making sure that things fit in other things. I think is a good idea. You know, they say John. It is said that you know you used to have the railroad barons. Uh, I have heard this. I don't I haven't read this, but supposedly once the railroads started popping up, that it didn't occur to people, hey, we should have the same gauge, you know, width track mm. business. Yeah. Is the track technical business. term. Mm-hmm. And uh and I guess in some ways that helps you keep the monopoly. But I guess a little bit it's like, you know, uh beta versus VHS yeah. or Blu-ray versus the uh the one I don't remember. <laughs> But I think it's. I would like to see standardization. I would like things to fit, and I would not like local. I would like lo- merchants to stop doing a jam up, where there's an implied relationship in that instance. I think it's wrong. Uh,
1: you're absolutely right. I I, uh, I I did an omnibus on railroad gauges. It's oh jeez, exactly I'm so sorry.
0: Well, I'm covered no, with. No, no. Shame.
1: You're not. No, you're not obligated to listen to to uh, omnibus, but but uh but there are a lot of gauges, but. I think, you know, someone is always uh, posting online whenever somebody complains about how many fathoms it is to get to an acre. Mm. They're like you know, oh, we like did how solve- many
0: hectares are in a hogshead? That kind yeah. of thing. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they said we did solve this problem. It's called the metric system. Yeah, oh. and and Americans will do almost anything <laughs> to describe a measurement uh, when it's really just five hundred milliliters.
0: Uh huh. Because that's because it, it has to be that way. And we roll yeah. our eyes when the rest of the world says, you know, we kind of solved a bunch of these problems. There's yeah. there's ways to solve these things. We we were making yeah. a cake the other day because I realized. Wait, so a we were... <laughs> Wait a minute.
1: Wait a minute. Sorry. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Right. I'm, absolutely no, right. I don't
0: believe in continuity, but yeah. I am, I, you did struggle last week with a cake that is, if memory serves, one foot thick.
1: So what happened, what had happened
0: was. What had happened was.
1: We were over uh, at my, at my daughter's mother's slash partner's house. mm and we were uh, we were going to go downstairs. Uh, my daughter was excited to watch uh, some movie that I didn't some some bad movie, some terrible movie. You're going to have to be a lot more specific. <laughs> and uh, and I was like, oh, mm-hmm. sweetheart, I love you. You know I love you. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, you know we don't. We don't split off and watch movies on our own. Like she, she has yet never said, I'm going to go watch a movie. And we've been
0: like, Bye. oh, your daughter does not go off and, and watch. Um, God, I was about to do some kind of really inappropriate poll like Frozen. Mm-hmm. But your kids a grown up practically now. Mm-hmm. But whatever it is, you don't the kid doesn't grab a device and go to the other room. And you, you play spin the choice. Everybody just watches what they want on a device. You know, you're, you're a family. You're saying,
1: yeah, we've never we've never had uh, free floating devices. Unfortunately, we don't have an iPad, which I know is a wonderful device. Mm. But uh, when it's time to watch a movie, it's kind of like when I was a kid. You uh, you get your small bowl of ice cream and you go and you all watch a thing together. You all watch Happy Days together. Or uh, Carol 7 Burnett, o'clock. probably or Carol Burnett show. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it's and almost so, bedtime. Get your small bowl of ice cream. We're gonna watch That's Tim right. Conway crack up. That's right. It's almost bedtime. Is exactly how we how we do it. And mm-hmm. unfortunately, I have watched many more seasons of uh, the Star Wars adjacent in between mm-hmm. Clone Wars and um, yeah, the, 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 the other whatever one. ones. Yeah, <laughs> where the where the clones all have the the same personality but different. And I've watched all of those. This
0: is taking too long. <laughs> John and, uh, John Roderick John Roderick do do you know why it is that sometimes when you say something I respond with Roger Roger do you know why Roger it's Roger <laughs> Yeah it's probably that one episode I've seen a million times with the Lerman, mm, the, with Lerman. the little rolling guys mm-hmm. who just want peace but they don't understand you know mm-hmm. they don't understand sometimes you got to fight and they roll around it's probably yeah. that one isn't there one and isn't there one where where one of the robots says this is taking too long. <laughs> I think so. It I all say that together. out loud in my house. This is taking too long. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what I don't understand is how those Trade Federation guys haven't been canceled for being incredibly racist. They're the worst. Oh, to,
0: to whom or to to, uh, to what group?
1: Oh, well, I'm not going to say because it's even racist to say. It's even oh, racist. Oh, I see. Because it just seems, you know, it's like Jar Jar's pretty racist, but, you know, you don't want to say exactly what. Too yeah,
0: many, oh, I see. Misa uh, so understand. Okay. Yeah, see, anyway, you've seen a lot of those. Of and you watch The Clone Wars is the one where um, the guy who gets beheaded. He looks kind of like a wooden statue. What's that mm. guy's name? You know who I mean? Yeah. Like, the guy they fight when they fight two of them, they cut his head off because George Lucas has real hard on for amputations. Christopher well, the, Lee's character. What's that guy's name? Uh, uh, Count, Count Dooku. 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 Yeah. He's not the one with the asthma. That's the other guy.
1: But then there's also the Bad Batch. There's all these ones. So oh, we go down. Sh- right, We go downstairs, but you know we got a TV, so we're flipping through the things, and we flip across uh, Great bi- British Baking Show children. Oh, I
0: saw that on Netflix, and I'm yeah. gonna. I think I, I would like to watch that. Flipped across it, and and uh, M- most and, most children's cooking shows of old make me make me very tense. Yeah. The one with the Gordon Ramsay one, Ooh. where the kid has to start his mashed potatoes over. It's very that. stressful to me. Well, but so Big Off too. is, you know, it's it's uh, it's uh, what, do you, what do you say bucolic, verdant. They're in, ah. a, are they in a tent. It's, a it's nice. Tent. They're in a tent. It's outside. I miss Sue. Uh, but the pro- the hmm. problem
1: is that any contest where someone has to go home at yes. the end, yes, I can't. I can't bear it. I'm too emotionally fragile. Yeah. And so, uh, uh, but oh. she, little one, says, "Oh, great British Breaking show, children." Whatever my whatever garbage I wanted to watch, now I want to watch this. And I said, Oh, I don't, I can't stand it when somebody has to go home. And she's like, Toughen up. Oh, so, so we, we turn it on. Well, and okay. of course, it's adorable kids that are just a little bit older than her. Mm-hmm. And they all have super cute British accents. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to make frosting and they're trying to make marzipan. Mm hmm. And I'm watching,
0: and I'm just like, oh,
1: no, this kid is struggling. He had to throw waves.
0: Can you you imagine being 10 and and waiting for your meringue to set in England?
1: Oh, no. And they're putting it in. This one's in the fridge. And there's, of course, one kid that's just like an artist making these cakes that you could sell. Yeah. And then there are these other kids. that just can't get the dough to rise. And I look over at my daughter, and she's just wrapped. No kidding. And at the end, I I don't want to, you know. I read, a, I read a thing yesterday, you might have read this already, hmm. uh, a study that uh, that spent like the last four years, long time, studying whether spoiler alerts actually help anybody or not. And they concluded that well, whether spoiler it's alerts,
0: Whether it's benefit, whether it is in the end, ben, uh, if there's a benefit to people not knowing stuff that twists, especially in a plot, is that right?
1: Oh, no, they were talking about, oh, I'm sorry, not spoiler alerts trigger warnings oh they yeah were, sure
0: content content
1: yeah they stuff. were saying yeah. they were saying trigger warnings have have zero effect people just go ahead and watch it and then if they're triggered they're triggered the whole th- the whole thing is just a big uh, kerfuffle but but spoiler alerts i always get those two confused well, that's okay you're good anyway spoiler alerts uh or spoiler alert they don't send anybody home at the end they they line them all up they're like one of oh, you is going see, home in
0: a weird way that makes me mad I get and a little bit mad sometimes, like, uh, on the occasional, like, top top chef or top dress, where uh, they end up saying, no, it's okay, everybody stays. And I'm like, well, then that's not, I mean, that would be like Shirley Jackson's short story, The Lottery, ending with everyone just having a picnic.
2: <laughs> Please listen closely because your life may depend on it. Roderick on the Line is an important program about civics, uniforms, eels, the Balkans, forcing teens to work in national parks, the non-existence of the year 1997, and that one time John's dad totally shot a Japanese zero out of the sky with a pistol. Roderick on the Line is not funded by the government, it is not controlled by the oligarchs, and it is not some bullshit public radio knockoff where a try-hard nerd reads a weird story about old people over a fucking trip-hop music bed. No, I don't think so. Jesus fucking Christ, people. Just go to patreon.com slash roderick on the line right now and help support the only voices who aren't afraid of big tech, small plates, or computer trade schools. Now more than ever, your monthly gift ensures that new thought technologies will continue to harden our youth and upset our clergy. Once again, that's Patreon.com slash Roderick on the or GiveRoderickYourMoney.com because America is super fucked and pump chili ain't free. And if you think Super Train will give two wet shits about the marks it leaves on your lawn, son, you are about to get schooled.
1: Well, in this case, the kid that knows he's the loser, he knows he's going home and he's just like fretting about it. He's like jumping up and down. He didn't oh. have to go home.
0: Oh, I see. But oh, was he a previously kind of losing his composure? That he was going to be oh, a loser boy. Oh yeah, and his his stuff
1: was just not. It was just not up to not up to enough. I would have sent him home. But I felt terrible. What do you but think then, interested her so much about it? Well, so at the end, I say, you know, I'm like, well, what, what, why are we so fascinated? Well, she's never. By the time I was her age, my mom and I used to bake, and it was something we would do on the weekends. And my sister wasn't interested at all. But my mom and I would go in the kitchen, starting when I was young, mm-hmm. and we would mix up a thing, and she would,
0: and the eggs and Maybe the mostly following a recipe. Yep, following a recipe. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. had
1: a she had a very old annotated Joy of Cooking, and then we would make something, some cake or cookies or something.
0: Never a pie. That was too, considered too baking hard, John. Great That's what the, those fat cats don't tell you. It's like again on 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 Top Chef. That's the thing. You make a risotto. You run front of house on Restaurant Wars, or you try to bake something. There's never enough time. You don't do a good job. You
1: know? Well, and and so this. So we're like, oh, okay. Well, <clears throat> you know, not not to uh, not to. Not to uh, do too much of a callback, but this was one of these situations where she didn't know how to use a can opener. I was oh, like, you, no. you said <laughs> "Oh Said you've never baked a cake. No. Well, let's bake a cake tomorrow. <laughs> oh boy! And so we We're all doing so well. <laughs> we get all the ingredients together. We get all the bowls. We get everything together, and then I remember, oh, the next door neighbors have invited us over for a garden party at four p.m. Mm. And she says, well, let's take the cake to the garden party. Oh my, I love, I love this assertiveness. Yeah. And I said, well, it's, we're, you know, it's noon. It seems like we have a lot of time to make this cake before the four o'clock garden party. But having a little bit of baking under my belt, I don't know if we can do it in four hours. And she was like, we can do it and her said bake her mom finds a recipe for some kind of warm milk cake that requires Probably like milk. some kind of like a world war 1 cake <laughs> yeah where, where you have to sit and beat the eggs with the warm milk for 7
0: hours and mm. and you know of oh, course oh i see what you're saying you're saying not not an easy good to go here's mm-hmm. stuff you got in your pantry you can just make something with you're saying this is a little bit of a production oh it's a big production and you got to mm. do all these emulsifying steps and stuff. garden so party and I'm
1: doing the thing where I'm where she's like, "Well, how do how does this work?" And I was like, "Well, figure it out. How much is this minus that plus this?" <laughs> and she's, <laughs> you know, use your words
0: carefully. John. She's
1: dutifully, you know, little tongue sticking out of the side of oh. her mouth. You know, putting little cups of this and little this little bit. And she's like, "What is baking soda?" And I'm like, "I don't even know." I
0: don't know. In and out, in and out. I use it to clean the drain. Get the oh, right. stink out the fridge, but no, I, I don't understand what, and I don't understand. And please, uh, oh, baking, no, baking powder, powder
2: baking oh, see, powder. I, I
0: just I was hoisted by my own baking, uh, b- baking powder, baking soda. Once again, I don't know the difference. Yeah, well, and and we were using baking powder, not baking soda. You don't want to get this mixed up. It's like uh, get messing up your sugar and uh, your sugar and your salt, or your sugar and sand. You're gonna make you're gonna mess <laughs> up your sugar and sand. By the way, we have had requests to have the
1: song released. Just FYI. All right, all right. Well maybe it'll we'll put it on our Patreon. Patreon bonus. It's a little Patreon bonus. So we get it all going. We get the cake, finally get the cake in the oven. There's stuff all over the counter and how are you doing on time at this point? Do you have stuff? Time is starting to you know, we're we're good on time, except I know cake's gotta cool,
0: bro. Oh yippee, yippee. Isn't that one of those things Like we do that thing Where you stick in a chopstick Or similar And like this yeah. Doesn't come out without, without stuff on it That kind of a thing
1: Well that's how you know When it's done But then it, You can't frost a hot cake You can't um, frost a hot cake Unless you're reading Penthouse Forum
0: you I never cannot, thought this would happen to me Cannot
1: frost a hot cake The cake's got a cool it Sounds like a Roger Miller song <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you Can't put frosting on an uncooked cake <laughs> So the time's ticking away The cake's in the oven We start working on the frosting Uh-huh, uh-huh Well, from scratch? Yeah, yeah, from scratch What's
0: that? You got butter and sugar and vanilla That's problem? all it is That's yeah. all it is
1: Butter, sugar, vanilla But all she decides it, All it
0: is Oh, sublime <laughs> What are you talking about?
1: She decides it's got to be purple. And so yeah. out comes the food coloring, and she's mad sciencing. You know, it's got to be the perfect amount of purple. And it comes out this crazy Pepto Bismol. If you took Pepto Bismol and you mixed it with raspberries. Ooh. Mm. You know, so anyway, four o'clock comes and goes. Oh, no. The cake is. Sitting hey, just, and I'm cooling. sorry,
0: real, real quick. How's her stress level at this point? Is she handling it okay? Well, she's cool. Is anybody else worried? Well, her mom is worried. Mm-hmm. Her
1: mom is worried about the cake and I'm worried about the party. Mm, you're the time master. Well, yeah, because I'm like, well, the party and it's the neighbors and it started. Na- neighbors before. don't neighbors don't know we're making a the cake. They They're just don't think know. we're late. So we get to the point and mom kind of takes over. She's been she's been standing in the back kind of momming the whole time. Like, you know, mm. like the momming is uh, uh, so a version of you know, I could take over at any time and just you two get out of the kitchen and there wouldn't be half as much mess. And sort of sort a
0: little bit almost the role of a lifeguard. Like you're not going to teach them how to swim, but if they do start uh, going down, as they say, for the third time, mom, mom, mom blows her whistle and jumps off the big chair.
1: Yeah. The difference between us is I'm prepared to sit for six hours and work on opening a can. That's how and you I'm, learn. <laughs> and I'm also prepared. I'm also prepared that this cake be a failure.
0: Uh And her mom is not prepared. You don't learn that much from success in life, John.
1: Yeah, and she does not want this cake to be a failure, so she's going to jump in if she sees us go, go sideways. I get it. And I'm like, well, you know, if the cake's a failure, hey, what's the, you know, it's a failure Mm -hmm. cake. But no, and so, so she at a certain the cakes are in the oven, the frostings made. She says, "Why don't you guys go to the party, and I'll just finish up here." Mm. and i'm like mm. finish up you mean make the cake make the cake cool the cakes down and get them out of the pan and put the frosting on like that's the that's the big finale yeah that's
0: the cake. she's
1: like and she's like no, no 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 i'll just take care of it mm. well then the little one switches over to party party mode and she's immediately like oh well this cake's almost done and i guess like, after she said
0: well let me thoroughly clean up this mess i've made first
1: yeah, right. And I'm no, like, no, come on, no, not at all. Mm-mm. You know, stuff everywhere, right? She's covered with oh, powdered sugar, and
0: uh, oh, and I, I, say- I believe me, I'm I'm the chief guacamole cleaner-upper. I oh, right. I, I got to clean out the little stone thing. You, do, it's, it's everything's everywhere. The refrigerator is open. It's basically, it looks like ET has been in our kitchen. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's exactly right. And stuff's getting put, you know, bowls of batter that are dripping off the side are getting put on the stove. And I'm like, where's that batter going? Uh The batter's going down into the stove. You don't want that. Put the batter anywhere. On your cook surface? You don't want that. Put the batter anywhere, in the sink, Mm -hmm. in the garden, not on the stove. (laughs) Well, so uh, her mom says, you know, I'll just finish up here. And I'm like, well, wait a minute. That's like, uh, saying the cake is almost done is like saying emptying the dishwasher is almost done. There's no well, like all- the the the, the
0: uh, all-consuming fire is almost out. Yeah, right. The cat the cat litter box is almost clean. No, oh. like no. It's like it's like uh, John friend of the show. John Syracuse says you remember when we were kids. And I think it was Cascade. They would say it's virtually spotless. Well, if it's virtually oh. spotless. It's got spots. It's got spots. It's not cake yet. No,
1: it's got spots. But but the little one switches into party mode. She's like, party? Let's go to the party. We go across the street to the party. We're going to come back and work on the cake. Mm-hmm. We just got to let it cool or whatever. We go across the street to the party. And three things are immediately evident. One is that all of my neighbors are old. Mm-hmm. Two is that the entire buffet at the party is a uh, salty... Uh, savory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's like it's like uh, artichoke hearts, olives, uh, pickled everything. Oh,
0: that's a, those are all grown up flavors. Grown up flavors. Mm-hmm.
1: There is zero. There are zero cakes here. Mm. And the third thing that is immediately evident is that they have a swimming pool in their backyard. Mm. And they say, "Oh, go get your swimsuit." So of course, she, her mind just goes blank. Wait, you've you've had a nearby house with a pool this whole time. Didn't know, and there's oh a, my god, and there's a pool. Maybe I, neighbors w- aren't so bad. I found out at this party there's a pool, a kitty corner to us in their backyard. Didn't wow. know either of these pools existed. Huh. So she gets her swimsuit on immediately in the pool. The end. Mm-hmm. She comes. She swims. No more over thought of me. cake, huh? Well, the cake is sort of out of her mind. Hmm. She swims over at one point and she says, "Dad, the bottom of this pool is curved. It's not. It's not. There's no. There are no corners." And I said, "Yeah, that's a old style of pool, and she said, "Well, <clears throat> I can't tell how deep it is, and it's making and it's weirding me out mm. And I said, Well, you got to swim down and, and and put your hands on it and it's not it's not any deeper than a normal pool, and she was like, But I have no sense of I'm swimming here I, I look down, I have no sense of the depth, and she was worried hmm and so I gave her a mission. I was like, well, go down and touch that vent and touch that <laughs> little. A can of beans down there. Yeah, touch. exactly. Go, here's your can opener and get after it. She <laughs> figures it out. Anyway, uh, an hour, two hours go by. And I'm like, what's going on with the cake? Like, the party is, so I Your daughter's I go,
0: mother, at this point, she hasn't, she hasn't, like, texted you to say 20 more minutes or, or just about to frost. You haven't gotten any updates.
1: Zero. Hmm. So I go back across the street and here is the cake in mid creation, Uh being sort of frosted and assembled in a way that maybe it's how they do it in Bellingham, Uh but it's not how we did it back in Shoreline in 1976. Uh And so then I am invested in this cake now being right, because I got a party that's got no cake. It's all savory. So I say, why don't I take over now and you go to the party and I'll finish the cake. And that's what happened and frosted the cake, showed up with the cake. Daughter in the pool has no, you know, she's like, normally she would be there like, da, da, da. of course, but the cake rolls in and you should have seen all these olive eaten old people light up
0: like Roman candles. Old people love cake. And and pink cake, you know, yeah, I mean, you know it's like like with the Germans, it's not a meal in, until you got the cake. and I think saying, with old people, I've heard it said again, I haven't read this, but I've heard it said that sweetness is not only a very, you know, sort of, nostalgic of of, flavor of the taste but it's one of the ones you lose last which is why my alzheimer grandmother would still enjoy moose tracks when she didn't know who we were that's sweet i don't want to make it weird but but are you kidding me the old see a pink cake come in they light up so it's like a sour beer it was to a guy with a handlebar mustache
1: they crowd around and this cake just just like it fills everyone with joy Little one gets out of the pool. She has a big slice of cake. She gets to walk around and say, "I made it," and everybody uh-huh. congratulates her. And uh, and the cake, resounding success. Uh, there's only like uh, one little slice of cake that we take home that she gets to have the following day, which is one of <laughs> life's great joys. <laughs> and so the
0: whole cake, cake just keeps cake just keeps finding a way into your house, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Well, and so I still have. I never took the 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 foot cake as we call it. <laughs> I never took it out to the garbage and threw it in the garbage. Mm. It's still sitting in my refrigerator. Wow. And really? in fact, at the end, when we were deliberating now, where does the pink cake go? Marlo said, well, dad already has a cake. Well, yeah, it's true. I do. I do have a cake. Mm-hmm. So she's like, well, the cake goes to mom's. You're, you know, you got more cake than you can handle. Huh. So, anyway it was a it was a big moment we we british baking show slash kids 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 ourselves here and it you know it felt like a rite of passage now whether we ever do it again
0: i don't um how does your kid do a little pivot um that's a great story um how does you're welcome how does your kid do at an event like that is, is she cool being at an old people grown up thing? Does she find ways to amuse herself? Because I, I guess the obvious thing maybe to just state is that like every other kid, uh, including mine, uh, has a device that, that they'd like to probably be uh, right. looking at right now. Or when I was a kid, they send you to the rumpus room and then you can watch the Barefoot Contessa on UHF or whatever, right? Yeah. That kind of thing. Does she, does she, does she amble around? Does she talk to people? Does she want to talk about Dark Vader? Like, how does she do an event like that?
1: Well, she's her father's daughter, and I was my father's son. So, you know, my dad from the from my earliest age was like, uh, get your short pants on we're going to a rotary meeting. And so <laughs> I'll show you how I, it's done. You know, I'd be seven years old and I'd be at a rotary meeting. And standing, <laughs> you know, I'm knee high. Well, and mm-hmm. all these guys are, are standing around going, oh, the tax structure has got to change. Counselor. <laughs> there he is. Yeah, there's hey, that, uh, there's that fella. Hey, hey, there's hey, that. Love that gal. And, uh, and so I just got used to the, to that. Mm-hmm. And when I was, when I was little, you know, I would go hide under the, the, the tablecloths because it was just an adventure. I wasn't scared. I was just, you know, like make, make, uh. Spin gold out of the straw, hmm. but as uh, after I could sit in a chair, um, I would sit and you know drum my fingers on the tablecloth, and they would, the men would come you, by. You,
0: you, uh, you are well known, at least on this program, for being somebody who can find a way to amuse yourself. You have, uh, if if, if I hope this is not too intimate to say, but it strikes me that as as a kid, as a, as a tween, as a teen, you had a vast interior world upon which you could call. You weren't a kid that got. Bored, and if you did get bored, you just light something on fire and throw it off the back of a train. You <laughs> yeah. found ways to amuse yourself. Is that fair to say?
1: I did, and and I was amused by listening to these people, you know, talk about their. Uh, I love being around grownups and hate it yeah. when I was ex- hated it when I was excluded. Yeah, and I didn't. I never wanted to be pushed over to some group of kids because uh, they were always dumb, and uh, and always so, jostling and yeah, and talking about baseball. And I didn't, you know, yeah. So, so I raised my kid that way. I was just immediately like, well, I'm going to this meeting. So you are too. And so she's used to, uh, just being in a room full of adults who are talking about esoterica. So when she goes to a party like that, she just wades right in. Everybody, everybody sees a confident little kid and so says, oh, look at you. And she.
0: Because most kids, I mean, there are kids who are extremely social and there are kids who are extremely not. And there's a lot of between who are just confused because that's your job as a kid. Mm-hmm. But I, I think sometimes it can be very, uh, it can be very fun for a grown up, especially if you're a grandparenting age, to have somebody that you can, uh, you know, you can ask them uh, questions about life.
1: Yeah, and they're funny anecdotes. In a group like that, there's always one grandparent who really knows how to talk to kids. Love that grandparent. You know, really their eyes light up and Mm -hmm. they talk in a way that isn't condescending but is still fun. And, you know, a little teasy. And there was a grandmother at this event who was like, Do you want to see and said something, you know, do you want to see a group Mm -hmm. of dolls? that come alive in the night and stab and stab
0: uh, neighbor cats and she was like do i Dude, would you like to see the room where the ghosts settle their unfinished business with the corporeal world and she put on this blindfold she you know and
1: off they went and i was like all right well good luck you know on whatever adventure that is but she's more my kid is more action jackson than i was I'm, mm-hmm. i was i was as you say, very content to kind of sit in a chair and watch watch everybody go through and each every other guy say, "Can I get an extra slice of roast beef and the you know and the guy in the chefs did hat you, did you is just like,
0: did you find yourself just enjoying the atmosphere or just yeah. it's, a, it's a viewport into adult life, which is kind of exciting but also it is extremely weird because I, I keep thinking about this show I love and have and been watching on Hulu. I've watched a couple times the Fosse Verdon show about Bob Fosse and Gwen Verdon. Only important in the sense that his kid comes to a lot of parties. And we see her getting older throughout this show, but it really took me back to the 1970s, right? Yeah, Where like, yeah. I mean, the the of course it's Bob Fosse, so his daughter's doing stuff like, you know, lighting his new cigarette and that kind of stuff. Just so many cigarettes and, and a lot, a lot of grown-ups To whom a child eventually, if they work it out and have enough, uh, you know, uh, J.B. on the rocks, they'll just stop noticing their kids there at all, and they'll act like themselves. Which I think is always, it was always fascinating to me to see people not acting like put-together church-going adults.
1: Well, you know, my dad did the thing, and I do this too, on the way to the meeting— he would say, now you got to know that this guy, you know, Ralph is an asshole. <laughs> he'd say this in the car while you're driving there? Yeah, but he thinks Excuse he's- give r- the, run, give the rundown. <laughs> he's the chairman, so he thinks he's running the thing. But the other guy, and he, <laughs> so he'd go down and the main characters, he'd sketch them out. Mm-hmm. And so when I got there, you know, the guy that got up and ha- had and had a very n- neatly- uh knotted tie who called the room to order i already had a sense that he and my dad didn't like each other that he was the guy and he had a faction in the group and that faction according to my dad was was a rules-based bunch of of, uh of nudges oh
0: you're saying these guys are in uh, what are they so like they're tightly wound what is it they're tightly wound about
1: well, you, you always got you always got businessmen.
0: Oh, who, businessmen, of course. Yeah, who got who are doing business, and then you got government men. Those guys have a certain frame for life that they have no compunction about putting over what's whatever's happening. <clears throat> it's it's kind of always their party. Those types of guys.
1: Yeah, right. Because they get it's just like the Republicans that get on the school board; they get elected to the chairmanship. Mm-hmm. But then there are guys like David Green, Alaska's master furrier, mm-hmm. who's hmm. making his own rules, right? Oh, David okay. Green shows up and he's wearing a hat with a wolf head on. Like it. you say, oh, you saying this guy's a bit of a wild card, he, exactly. And of course, those guys love my dad. And
0: yeah, your dad's my dad, really walking astride these two worlds, right? Like, and your dad's go along get along guy. He's a politic. Adjective, adjectival sense, a politic guy. Like he's, he knows how to like work the room. He knows what to say and not to say. But his younger brother, my uncle Jack, was a straight lace.
1: Oh. Now, not a straight lace, I don't think necessarily in his heart, but he was trying to be, he was trying to be a uh, establishment wheel. And that's Mm -hmm. why he got elected mayor. Yeah. But he always had this relationship with my dad in these big meetings where my dad was always the star of at least a corner of the room, if not the whole room. Mm -hmm. And my dad was constantly embarrassing his younger brother. Interesting. By getting into some kerfuffle with some straight-laced guy who actually ran the
0: newspaper or whatever it was. And it seems like when you act like that, you seem like a person who doesn't know how this works. Yeah.
1: And so Jack was always standing there in a, in a, in a very tailored suit, talking mm. to somebody about very serious matters. And my dad would roll up and go, well, you know, how's it going over there in the, in the John Burke society? <laughs> and the guy would say, God damn it. And Uncle Jack would, you know, would hit him, hit him in the shoulder and go, David. And I'm watching it all, you know, 11 years old. Uh, snacking on whatever you know, little little cracker they 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 put on a plate for me. Probably,
0: um, I imagine you had some some Ritz and yeah. some Triscuits
1: and cheese.
0: This might Ritz be and before cheese. this uh, cheeses. Yeah, this might be before the advent of spinach dip, but I bet there yeah. was at least French onion Lipton French onion dip probably. There for, was for uh, for crisps, as you say.
1: But that was too sophisticated for me.
0: Mm-hmm. But you know, I read this stuff
1: about kids, and your 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 kid is is obviously ahead of mine, and so you might know, you might know better, but mm-hmm. you know they talk about the advent of abstract thought that it arrives
0: mm-hmm.
1: and when I cast back on myself at eleven and twelve years old, I remember being pretty aware of subtext and pretty aware of social dynamics and i can't really i can't really say that i didn't that i wasn't thinking abstractly already although the the childhood development people say no 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 that's impossible you would you'd have you know it doesn't come on until some later time
0: right right now i I didn't understand consequences but i mean there's i feel like there's a, a distinction worth making I'm making this on the fly, but between like being able to see something and fully understanding it, just because you don't fully understand it doesn't mean you don't see that there's something up. For example, at that party, uh, if you, or in some flashback, your kid said, Hey, who's the drunkest person at this party? I bet you could, <laughs> right. I mean, that sounds silly, but you yeah. could peg that. And how do the other people at the party feel about that? Well, there's probably some people that think it's funny, but I bet a lot of them think it's a little much. And it makes the person seem kind of sloppy, but that's that's the thing is like I, I'm not trying to say this like an old guy. I'm not saying I want this to happen, but you talked about, for example, like get in the car, we're going on an errand. Like with our kid, you have to basically go and like make a formal you know, presentation and application. You have to talk about timetables. You have to talk about bribes, all the things they're going to get this godforsaken child to get in a car to go do something we need to do for the family. There was a time where a lot more of a, and again, I'm talking here about the 70s. So it's, it's not like it's the 1800s, but there was a lot more of being exposed to stuff that was not happening for you and stuff that was not happening to amuse you. And in fact, a lot of what you would have to do is kind of like go in for the long haul and sort of kind of get through it, and yes, you find ways to amuse yourself. But don't you think that's kind of part of it? Is you're like, oh, there's a little game to me figure out figuring out what's going on here at a we certain have, age. I think that's you, pretty abstract. My dad used to pick up hitchhikers. Hmm.
1: So we'd be driving along, and he and he'd pull over, and there'd be. Do you have a type? No. Whoever it, needs it, get in. You know, my, he was already counselor. He was already fifty nine years old, and he'd pick up hippies, and. <clears throat> We had a we had a pretty strong feeling about hippies. Well. Which was Tamer get, get a job or whatever. But you know, he'd pull over, he'd get long hair covered in uh covered in, in dog hair.
0: Wearing uh, John, were they wearing clothes with fringe sometimes? Along like on Adam Twelve or Dragnet? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And mm-hmm. he would and he would open the door and he'd say, Where are you
1: headed? And depending on their answer,
0: he sometimes would say, What hell no? <laughs> and, depending on their answer because he could gauge how long they'd be in the car or did they have a knife like what no, was he what was he yeah
1: he felt like some uh destinations were completely legitimate get in oh and, i see and some destinations were outrageous you what no uh, pr- particularly if he if the, it sounded to him like they were going to want him to go on a separate mission to get them where they were going
0: yeah i gotta go to this one guy's place i'm pretty yeah. sure he's there
1: yeah, or, or, you know, oh, it's over on the other side of town. And it's like, what? Mm-hmm. So there were a couple of times where he'd say, you know, hop in the back seat. And, some, and you know, a lot of times somebody would pile in.
0: And how, how'd you feel about it when you pick up a hitchhiker? I was a little anxious about the hitchhikers, frankly. I would be totally anxious. I mean, I'm older than you. And I came up in a time where, like, no, do not pick up hitchhikers. That was, but, I mean, that had already become kind of conventional wisdom amongst white people.
1: But my dad absolutely conveyed that he could handle any situation. So it was never a question of like, like, uh,
0: Oh, I get it. Hop on hippie pants, but be on your best behavior.
1: Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you have to have a certain amount of confidence to tell a guy who's already sitting in the, t- in the car that, no, you're not going to give him a ride. Get the hell out like that. Right. Bounties I don't even are know important. I would do that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, the, but just having a stranger in the car who smelled weird and, and, uh, and, and, Uh, oftentimes, you know, is going
0: to stick around long after they've gone to that one guy's house.
1: Well, that, but the worst part was these were uh, often young people who didn't know how to make conversation. They were boomers, you know, boomer kids who Mm -hmm. were now 22 and were trying to get across Alaska with their, with their uh, duffel bag. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and my dad was like, so where are you from? What are you, what are you all about? What's going on? And uh, if they, if they were uh, duds, that was hard for me cuz I was not used to grown-ups that didn't know how to make make cocktail party conversation. Everybody right. I knew could stand there and
0: and be Cuz most of the people you knew were like not just that they were like prosperous, but that they they had gotten where they are in life by knowing how to be.
1: Right. Anytime we were in, we encountered an adult who was uncomfortable. Mhm. That was yeah. very rare for
0: me. That an adult would betray their discomfort. Because it used to be, I mean, like I do all kinds of stuff that a father in my time would never do. I'm sympathetic to my child. I, I cry with my child. I, I, I use the F word and, and, and talk mm-hmm. about all kinds of stuff um, mm-hmm. that just would have been. But what I'm trying to get at, John, is when I was coming up, anybody who broke in the improv comedy sense, I guess, <laughs> anybody mm-hmm. who broke from the bit of being an adult. I think was seen as being maybe not weak, but definitely like a little disorganized in their thinking and behavior. Well, it seemed yeah, erratic. Well, not,
1: not uh, somebody that you would do business with. Hell no. And when, when you say like, who was the drunkest person in the room, mm-hmm. they were all shit faced, uh, but they didn't, you know, trying to figure out who was the drunkest was kind of impossible. Cause they were, you know, the, the alcohol steam was coming off of every guy in the room. <laughs> But they were not visibly drunk.
0: I you, get it. You know, they were they all. Weren't, as, as we used to say, they, uh, the phrase we used to say, they weren't sloppy.
1: No, if they needed to put their feet an extra couple of inches apart just to stay on balance, they knew mm-hmm. how to do it with that. Bill
0: Cosby has a funny bit about that in uh, Bill Cosby <laughs> himself. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you in part by True Bill. You can learn more about True Bill right now by visiting truebill.com/supertrain how many free trial subscriptions end up costing you hundreds if not thousands of dollars long after forgetting to cancel fight back against scammy subscriptions with truebill truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need you don't want or you simply forgot about on average people save up to 720 th- on average people save up to $720 a year with truebill Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts, and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped save them over $100 million. Like Matthew B., who says, In a matter of seconds, I saved $660 for the year on my DirecTV bill, Saved $120 for the year on my Sirius XM bill, and I saved $840 a year on car insurance. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com SuperTrain. Go right now to Truebill.com SuperTrain. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com SuperTrain. Our thanks to Truebill for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. But you know, you you got to you got to take care of yourself. You got to know how to do you, you know what I'm saying? So my kid doesn't have the respite.
1: doesn't have the it doesn't have a, a thing that she can go stare at. So she's either got to make hay out of looking in potted plants for little beads, mm. um, or she's got find- a mission always. She's got to have a mission, yeah. Yeah. But she can stand in a room and I, she's more anxious I think than I was. Um, and I, it may just be a product of the times, but you know, she wants to, she definitely wants me to go into the room first, which I did too. I wanted my dad to lead the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, but once she's there, she just, she comes alive and, and I, I only wish that when she'd arrived at the party, she'd had the cake in her hands
0: because, you know, I guess it's good that she,
1: at least she wasn't fretting about it, I guess. No, not fretting. But what I want, what I wanted for, what I want, uh, uh-huh. what I wanted for her was the feeling. This is an incomparable feeling, where you walk in the door and you are instantly the most welcome person there. Mm. And that's been a that's been a that's big a really feature. Good goal, you know, that's been a big feature of my life. And I, and eventually, I. I got to the point where I believed I was always the most welcome person.
0: But as (laughs) soon as I walked in. Until Dan Harmon came in. You know, you've seen me do it. I've seen you you do it.
2: Hello.
1: Counselor. And and everybody turns and is
0: like, he's here. I don't even know. You know, it's kind of like this is uh, kind of uh, random, but uh, when you think about like, uh, you think about the, I mean, Where do you begin with this? Okay, so let's start with this phenomenon that there's a kind of movie called a PG-rated movie. And PG-rated movies used to mean a lot of different things, especially into the 80s. We've talked about Dan Aykroyd getting a beach from a ghost and that kind of stuff. But you think about the way that so much of TV, just media stuff in general, just life in general was supposed to be like... Family friendly was a later term, but more yeah. like the kind of thing that could amuse the older people and the younger people. And there was more stuff that was not for anybody and kind of for everybody. Right. right? I mean, if you think I'm thinking here, especially of media, but, but this goes to lots of different things. Um, I mean, there was probably a time before there was a kid's Sunday school thing at a lot of churches, right? Where you would just go into the sanctuary and sit very still and maybe have a starlight mint. But now today we see something so different, which is maybe there's a little bit of that, you know, bowling alone kind of thing. But now there's so many things that you can find the thing that is for you and is not for somebody else. Mm. And again, I don't want to beat this to death, but I realize there's fewer and fewer opportunities to be put somewhere that's not for anyone in particular. And it's only kind of a little bit for everybody. And it's those kinds of situations, like you think about a children's party at a bouncy castle. Well, there's a certain kind of behavior there, but there's probably not a lot of executives in their 60s taking their shoes off and jumping into the castle. There's no. more stuff today that's specifically, and like we're not exposed as much to stuff that's not for us.
1: Right. My dad never once went to a play date. And Good never, point. Never, he would take me to a birthday party. I'm sure there were birthday parties where he had to stand and talk to a group of adults on the porch. For it's I like call the other moms. <laughs> the other moms. Love talking to the other moms. But I don't think either of my parents ever went to a play date, nor did we ever have a play date. Kids came over. That's a new term. And when kids came over, whatever adult was in the house kicked you immediately out of the house.
0: But, there but was also the, the implication of play date, I feel like play date is one thing when you're, you say like, oh, this, the, that wonderful phrase, parallel play, you got two babies that can sit up, but don't know how to be people yet. So you set them Uh-oh. next to each other and then you have red wine while the kids throw blocks or whatever. Oh, but I you know what I'm saying? But like, yeah. I, 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 the idea, a play date to me is the, the essential part of what we now call a play date is it was arranged almost always by somebody that's not the kids. Oh, exactly. Yeah, which is well, pretty yeah. oh. different from I'm going to do a sleepover at John's. Is that yeah, cool or I, yeah, or
1: I'm just going over to Todd's. And yeah,
0: we're going to go. We're going to build a fort or play war. Uh, we
1: watched, and this was against my be- my better judgment, hmm. but my daughter's mother said we're going to watch Three Amigos.
0: And really, I, and I—that's a
1: very interesting choice. Yeah. she loved Three Amigos. And I and I feel like it's an age difference between uh, myself and my daughter's mother. Sure. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. That
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, when uh, Three Amigos came out.
0: Yeah, you're already like a uh, you're already
1: abusing uh, substances at that. Yeah, point. and I had already seen spies like us. I didn't need to see that ever again, right? Like I don't need to see mm-hmm. and that and Dan Aykroyd. Was a big part of ruining that movie, but I did. I never needed to see those.
0: It's guys like just... an American Pie. Like I'm aware of American Pie, but I was yeah. in my 30s when that came out. It's really it's not as I say. It's not for me, but right. I understand that that's formative to some people's sense of humor. I hate to say this, but in the same way that Caddyshack or Holy Grail was to mine, right? And which and... also then makes it I can't show my kid Caddyshack, not because it's gross, but just because I don't think my kid would think it's funny they don't my kid would not understand why it's funny that rodney dangerfield is in this movie why it's funny that ted knight is in this movie and then what am i gonna do? i'm going to dad explanation mode and go like oh that guy used to be on mary tyler moore oh that fella that fellow right there was ted baxter here's the thing about golf club uh, golf uh, yes. uh,
1: resorts oh they, yeah here's what you need to know about rodney dangerfield i want, well, want you to buff
0: it yeah exactly and and honestly Fletch <laughs> Fletch it was, was funny. right on the border. I for, love Fletch. Yes. I did Fletch is the crossover. Fletch the cross- is everything after Fletch I have no obligation to appreciate. Yeah. And right up Scott to George Fletch, went in a small role which is nice.
1: I felt like Fletch was maybe for kids that were 1 year younger than me but I was very much there. I was very f- there for Fletch.
0: Has there ever everything. been a vehicle more for better or for worse better tuned to what Chevy Chase is good at, but also just seems to have no trouble performing. Oh, he just skateboarded through that movie in a great
1: way, in a in a wonderful Dr. way. Doctor Rosen, a, Rosen, and what you wanted to be was Fletch, right? Oh, that's absolutely. Who, mm-hmm. But so we watched this this dingling movie, Three Amigos,
0: and this is I, just so just for our listeners here. Now, this is if memory serves. This is I want to say, well, the big one, of course, is the Lifetime Friends, uh, uh, Steve Martin, uh, Martin Short, and I believe Chevy Chase. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. And I'd been hearing references. To, I'd never seen. It. I'd no, been hearing either. references to
1: these movies to this movie for years. And did
0: another one with Curly's Gold, and that's the one where Jack Palance did push-ups on stage. Pretty sure. Curly's Gold. Oh, well, that one. No, wait. I may what? be thinking of a different. Uh, that's the Billy Crystal series yeah Shit. billy crystal
1: i and missed Three all Nigos of those has nothing two. to do
0: with the disney cartoon where, where they wear hats that's totally unrelated right
1: and and i and it's nothing to do with the billy crystal at a dude ranch it's yeah but i'm it's sorry same, same era same Three era.
0: caballeros i think i'm thinking of yeah and
1: it's got all these little you know these lines like look up here look up here you two, you two, that are that are funny you know it's ha, ha, ha it's funny mm-hmm. uh but watching her watch it <clears throat> this is a pg movie mm-hmm. and there's there's no real sex or drugs, or, 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 and there's, there's violence, but it's cartoon violence. But also the jokes and the kind of just the vibe of these three uh, ding-a-lings in their 40s mm-hmm. uh, is just like, who is this for? It's not for 10-year-olds.
0: But the- it's, 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 it's unbelievable. I just did a quick Google to, to just jog my memory. Here's a few. These are movies that were rated PG when they came out. Obviously, QED, Ghostbusters, Jaws. Jaws, Jaws? Was rated, Jaws, Jaws was rated PG. No, you're fucking kidding me. No, it was totally PG. Jaws should be rated X. Grease was PG, which There's... may not seem like a big deal, but the people at my church basically came in and did presentations about the five minutes of Grease they saw because they, before they walked out because it was like Sodom and Gomorrah with leather jackets.
1: It is extremely uh, rapey, at least at the Airplane. beginning.
0: Well, so I airplane. believe every
1: every kid should see airplane, but yeah. maybe Bad not. Bad News at Bears. Age 10. he
0: got you uh, got uh, what's name Butterfield. He's got all those beers. Buttermaker. He's got beers in his car. Gremlins. Oh, Listen, Temple of Doom. That was scary. The, the
1: thing that that freaked me out about Bad News Bears mm-hmm. was that scene where she played pool with him and said, with "If Walter, I win, Walter Matthau." Not no, no, Hill no. Haley. She played pool with the with the yeah the kid with the Jack motorcycle. Haley. Yeah. And she said, "If I win, you join the baseball team, and if you win, you can do whatever you want."
0: With oh yes, I oh dear. And you at, ever seen at, the meme where, where Jodie Foster, as a young like a teen, is being interviewed and like what she'd want in a boyfriend, and the whole meme is just her expression when they ask her that question, <laughs> like. Well, mm. And of course, this is Tatum O'Neill, right? So, oh so, shit! I got him mixed up again, John. What is happening? No,
1: it's okay. Tatum it's okay. O'Neill,
0: Fuck. That's was Jodie Foster? Was Jodie Foster in the sequel?
1: Well, that I don't know. I never saw Bad News
0: worst, Bears. Worse, news bears.
1: But the but the moment that hmm. because I, I you Christ. know for me I was, as you know I was a Christie McNichol guy, but at, at eight years old, but oh. uh, Tatum Tatum and Jodie, you know, very close second. Second. oh for well, sure and, sure and but when tatum said that to him and he got a crafty look on his face oh god there you know she's yeah, 11 yeah, yeah, and yeah, you know yeah. and he's 13 and i that i absolutely saw every second of that and knew what it all meant and it blew my mind way more you know Buttermaker spilling beer on the kids and all the kids saying Walter Matt that was a big
0: star well, and that was, that just felt like that's normal life. What adult hasn't spilled That's beer why, exactly right. Exactly right. And that's the problem with this fucking family friendly label where it's like, well, I mean, uh, you know what? It's too much of a thing to get into. Yeah. Um, I'm on the Wikipedia, the fan wiki for Bad News Bears. Uh, Amanda is the name of the character that Tatum O'Neill Amanda. Um, plays. She's, Dan- she's selling maps to the stars' homes. Oh, my God, she's so good. She was originally going to be played by Jodie Foster, oh. but Jodie Foster dropped out to be in a little movie called Taxi Driver.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Which is the greater film? Which is the greater film? I don't know, but Tatum O'Neill doesn't have an Oscar,
0: oh, right? D- now, I was going to say, you didn't ask for a recommendation, but I know you didn't ask, and I don't know if you like have a problem with Bogdanovich, but for what it's worth, Paper Moon is probably a lot funnier than you remember. Well, and I think Paper it's, Moon is very good. I think that's what she won the Oscar for.
1: I think the yeah, oh,
0: the terrible it's stories. Madeline that come out of Kahn, Madeline those. Kahn's so good in it. I think the reason
1: that I was scared to see Little Darlings, oh. even, even though it had my two gals in it, was because I was not ready for all that camp
0: kissing. Oh, and, it! it and ma- I it. was so attracted to those movies, John. But it made me so uncomfortable. Oh, Mine was the movie that like gave me funny feelings, and of course, I went with my mom to see this movie. But oh no! Called, a movie called A Little Romance, and it was with a very young Diane Lane and some French boy, and I believe Sir Lawrence Olivier, and uh, it's this romantic film about about teens you know oh tell me the name of this movie again a little romance now listen last night i made a remark on twitter that i think has been fairly widely misunderstood and i apologize for talking about the internet on your program john but sure, last no, night okay. i was i was watching uh hot d i was watching the the new game of thrones and the woman who plays the Targaryen, is she's just fucking tremendous she yeah. the, the, the actress is so good i just love the way that she looks and uh so what i said was i said man I said something like, see, under, I said to my wife something along the lines of, you know, because she'd appreciate this, I said, hey, you know what? People with underbites can be super hot, you know? And then I I said something, and she said, well, that girl looks pre-orthodontic, which is a phrase I don't think I'd ever heard. But Mm -hmm. I said on the internet last night that... that, that What's her name? Uh, Renaris Targaryen. I mm. said uh, she's pre- pre-orthodontic. I think I may have a type. Everybody thinks I'm a child molester. Aww. No, no, I'm not. I'm not lusting after her. I'm saying I think I like actresses with screwed up teeth. You Ali know, Sheedy.
1: You, you know you can't say anything on the you internet. You can't say
0: anything. Not yeah, anything. exactly. And then you know, I remember got thrown seeing off the
1: network. You
0: know, I remember seeing a little
1: romance. My friends turned on me and it and it blew my mind and this is a thing that never you would never make this movie now because it's about that two, is Bears. It's about two 13 year olds. Oh, little little darlings. Falling, no, 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 I'm talking about a little romance.
0: Oh my god, and the the whole point of the movie is they're supposed to kiss under this uh famous romantic bridge. Yeah, two 13 year olds falling in love. Did you see what Diane Lane looked like back then? I do. I do. I mean, I've had a crush on on I've had legit have a version of a crush on her. And Christy McNichol. We were watching something the other night, some compilation thing on YouTube, and Christy McNichol came up. And it's like, you know, talk about a type. My oh. goodness. Oy. Oy, Gevalt, mm-hmm. as they say. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. It's, it was, it was, but see, John, here's the thing. And I'm not, I'm not advocating for this. This is not a cutting trail situation yet. But I am saying that I think it is beneficial to have exposure to things that are not for you. Not just to make you patient, or not just to make you tolerant, or not just to like... Almost everything comes down to like, you need to respect authority. Like, when I tell you to do something, you better do it. Now I'm yeah. not talking about that. Mm-hmm. I just think it can be... Uh, the, the, the guy from Mayfix Twin talks about this, how he needs to get really, really bored in order to make music. He makes great music. But like mm-hmm. he, he needs to get into a state where there's nothing else he can do except make music, and then he makes hundreds of songs. And I think there's a similar thing here. I think being a little bored in that situation is the beginning of perception that goes beyond the thing that you expected or the thing that is for you. And I'm saying a pool party is a nice way into that.
1: I, I had an experience the other day. I've started going to house parties, obviously, because, huh. because I went to one uh, last week or two weeks ago, and then I went to one oh, yesterday. so technically that's before. a pattern now. I'm now, I, now I have a pattern, a house party pattern. Huh. <laughs> but I was at this house party, and house party there, and this house party was the type where there were a bunch of teens. There were teens there. And they were all congregating on their own and they were eating hot dogs and, you know, kind of, but they were all teens that could sit at tables and talk to grownups for a little while. You know, they weren't, they weren't. uh, Yeah. And
0: they're in that stage where they're like Ultraman, the light starts blinking and they got like just a few minutes before they're going to be depleted of adult energy.
1: Yeah. Right. But they can do it. Mm -hmm. I'm at the party. I'm enjoying myself. We're all hanging out and so forth. And. Uh, at one point I have to go to the bathroom. So I, so we're out in the backyard and I walk in through the kitchen and you have to go through the kitchen you turn left and then there's the bathroom. Okay. And there's a kid standing at the intersection. Now he's not blocking the, the path at all. He's standing back kind of in the dining room, but he's at the turn where you go through the kitchen, you turn. Right. And he is there, uh, well out of the way. And as I'm and I'm you know, and I'm walking at a at a regular pace. I'm not tiptoeing. I'm I'm like the kitchen, I'm gonna take five steps through the kitchen and take a left to go to the bathroom. But I'm walking directly at this person for the space of these five steps before I make the
0: turn. You're not a small fellow. I'm not a, I'm not a small fellow. You're probably you're probably I mean I mean with this with all respect, you know, your stature, you're probably filling up a fair amount of that hallway, casting a shadow on that boy.
1: Here I come. Mm-hmm. Here comes John. But I'm clearly going to the bathroom. Yes. I'm not. I'm not wielding a sword. I do not have a. I do not have a dragon mask on. And the child, who is I estimate thirteen or fourteen, mm-hmm. as as I approach them or as I as I turn the corner, I go, "Hi, how are you?" And the child does, in in a in a kind of a split second. Four or five body motions. Uh, oh, like, like you caught him off guard and now he's like, does not compute? Well, no, he's watching me walk in the door. I, he's not off guard. Okay. He does a, a sidestep, then a sidestep back, a, a, a like a twist. He does a little, like a hand uh, tremor. Hmm. All of them extremely broadcasting social anxiety.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But They are, to my eye, extremely studied, like extremely about the broadcast because there's nobody else in the room, like to whatever degree, Hmm. to whatever degree, like he he could turn or he could, I don't know where he could go sit in a chair, but it seemed to me that this child had grown up in a culture where social anxiety had its own...
0: Um, uh, Vocabulary.
1: Its, well, not just vocabulary, but had its own uh, kind of loftiness. Like he was, in his school and culture and the teens he'd grown up with, rewarded in some way b- through special treatment for his social anxiety. Okay. Enough that he developed a body vocabulary to communicate it to his peers, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. Nothing so he was e- formally taught, but something... That you would pick up, like uh, you know, uh, a family in America might you might learn Vietnamese at home. and Nobody had to like sit you down and show you a book. He something in his world. He he picked he picked up this almost performance.
1: Yeah, and he or he might have learned it at school, but he was used to mm. doing this little quiver and people responding to it and and I think catering to it, like oh 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 oh. oh. And I walked past on my way to the bathroom and his little uh, uh, performance, I think, I mean, what the experience of it was, it, it made me extremely uncomfortable and was designed to, you huh. know. Do you think it's a, a little bit like a puffer fish? Well, in a way that in the old days, a kid would have been hostile You know, a kid would have gone, "Uh." or, you know, a teen, just being a teen, like, would have done something, would have worn too much eyeliner. Mm. This was a thing where there was no need for it. I was just going to the, I'm just a regular person on the way to the bathroom, but now I have to accommodate this person's performance. And I thought about, as I'm sitting in the bathroom, I thought about what my dad would have done in that situation. Had had your dad been you in that situation? Had my dad, had my dad... Walked through there, and and somebody had uh, had done that little moment uh, because whether or not the person does have social anxiety, and I believe they probably do, this was a performance unrelated to it, or I mean, I'm sorry, attached to it, but not necessary. And I couldn't, th- I couldn't imagine what my dad would have done. I didn't know what I did. You know, like I almost, I I almost jumped. Right? It was almost. It was startling enough that it was almost like they'd said, boo, uh, because, because all of huh. a sudden I was in intrusive or I was, I was assaulting them by trying to go to the bathroom. Yeah. And it was, uh, I mean, it was, it was something, I guess I've been trying to culture my daughter never to do and, uh, no, you know, and, and it's, it's, it. Maybe it's based on a rotary meeting thing where you're not
0: supposed to show that you're drunk, right? And, or but there's or, or, also there's a, there's a characteristic about and so I'm just repeating what you're saying. But the same way that like a classic dad or a classic mom. What was I watching? Oh, of course, I was watching some Hitler documentaries, and uh, I watched this really good BBC series on Auschwitz, and they were talking. This this guy was talking about the only time in his life he ever saw his mother cry was when she was staring at the piece of paper to let her know that her husband had died. And I was like, you've only ever seen your mother cry once, Mm -hmm. right? And like that, to me, that's wild. But again, in that time, in our, well, in our time, and you would never break character. You would never, like you're, like, I'm guessing your dad would never do something that I would do, like go, look, I'm sorry. I'm being kind of a putz right now because I had a really hard day. It's actually seriously nothing against you, but I just I just need to go like lay down and like I'm not depressed, I'm just overwhelmed. But uh, a parent from the, the, any other decade would never say that. You can't break character, right?
1: The only time I ever saw my dad cry oh, was really? when he was old. He would tear up at Church of Latter-day Saints commercials. <laughs>
0: Sorry, what?
1: You know, those ones from mind me from 10 or 15 years ago mm-hmm. where there was always some, you know, it was like a baby in a hospital in a basket. And the father is looking at the baby through the glass and he's holding a, a thing of cigars. And I don't know what the Latter-day Saints were trying to accomplish with these. I mean, what they were trying to accomplish was that you joined the Church of Latter-day Saints.
0: I'm not sure, I mean, but that's, they were... that's, that's like a. I mean, that's that kind of ad, obviously, I think. That's the kind of ad that it's not like, oh, it's, it's not like the Church of Scientology saying, buy Dianetics and join Scientology. That's a brand—kind of a brand management campaign? Yes. Like, I was... want you to feel better. I want you to feel good about us. I want you to feel more humane about who we are, apart from, like, what, who you think we are.
1: And they connected with a sentimentality in him Hmm. that was, that was related to being a parent, being a father, being a, you know,
0: an American and Sure. having lived in our time. And you never and, know when it's going to hit you. All the stuff yeah. that makes me cry just comes out of left field. And I'm like, I wasn't expecting that. And that's, it's that abruptness, the, the vulnerability that you have on that particular day that really hits you. Right. But other than that, mm-hmm. I never saw him cry once in my life. And Jesus. my mom,
1: <laughs> have I ever seen her cry?
0: Well, I mean, we know that she does feel pain, but she doesn't seem like she feels pain.
1: I've I've surely seen her cry,
0: um, <laughs> uh, and I'm not sure. I made my mom cry so much. What I should have put it on my resume. <laughs>
1: <I> don't remember <laughs> what, what? Maybe she had a glass of wine. Oh, o- I
0: once see. in
1: 1977.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So I don't know. I cannot say anybody cried around me. Uh, well, but you know I can't, what I mean though. I about, like you don't, break, you don't break. You don't break. No, like you, you don't never. you don't break character,
0: and right. I you never
1: say to your kid, "Hey, sorry, I'm kind of being a here's why here's why I'm acting."
0: like Yeah, this. or, or yeah. like you, you, you certainly never say shit about I'm having a crisis of faith, faith, or I'm worried about money. No, like there's or just I'm, there's, sad. I'm sad. Yeah. No, you would not, and that so that kid though. He's he's a little bit of a now how how this is none of my business John but well, we'll give, give me a description of the stature of this kid we're talking about a young man thirteen or fourteen is he already you know, in the gawky growing phase or he's is he
1: probably in, he's actually probably sixteen like if he was thirteen so he, doesn't, he didn't look might like a scallop a no he's a, okay. he is a full grown person enough that I mean enough that this that he could have adopted this as a performance I think a twelve year old wouldn't well, but know I guess it worked. Yeah. Right. Exactly. This is something he learned between 12 and 16. And I think given the world as it is, when he goes to college, it will maybe still play. Mm -hmm. It will still play for him for a few years. But that is not a thing that will ever play in a workplace environment, for instance.
0: Right, um, but the but the, the the only theme I was trying to team, tease out though is that like we learn we learn from adults of our of our youth that like no I mean you did not even have to say it you never break character your minister doesn't like suddenly break down and talk about his affair with the secretary which is the thing that happened at my church like you don't mm. you don't get that kind of stuff you don't break mm. you've got to like you've got to stay in character and and I think is, that's what this is too I don't think adult, that but an kid adult can doesn't to break I mean like I, what an adult of the how, so your dad versus you, your dad of the seventies versus you of the 2022s, like h- contrast how he would have acted with this, uh, Paul Dano character. That's He's Paul thing. Dano in my head, just for what it's worth. Yeah. And I
1: think that that's pr- pretty correct. If, if Paul Dano had, because he had long hair, he had hair down to his chin. we yeah, are talking Dano about, uh,
0: maybe, maybe like a slightly shorter version of little miss sunshine, Paul Dano. There you go.
1: I think that all of my teenage and childhood rebellion, Although my father didn't understand why, he absolutely understood the the what. Right? He understood. Mm-hmm. He didn't know the
0: why, but he understood the that.
1: Yeah, I like that. My actions, my my. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there was no there was no generational gap between what you expected. Uh, how you expected a person to behave you might wonder why the hell they're behaving this way mm-hmm. but but there was no behavior that was new um and you know and my dad had watched a million kids rebel and what they couldn't figure out about me was why I was so why I was so passive what the hell if you're if you're angry get out there and and do some damage <laughs> and m- my thing was just to you know to to shut down but that was, that was something that you could at least look at and go, well, the kid is still sitting here, um, and he'll still eat macaroni and cheese even in this condition.
0: But there were so many—I I, I mean, I can't even begin to describe how many adults in my life, especially in my early, early tween through teen years, that in retrospect, I could look back at these adults, and they're almost all men— some women, but mostly men, who obviously, there's some little light that went off in their head, and they thought, I need to straighten this kid out. I, I have encountered people, like, in the case of, like, let's say my, uh, my stepfather's son-in-law, Randy. No, not Randy. What was his name? Maybe Don. Uh, he, had a, he looked like a Randy. He had a fucking mustache. But that Randy, like, I know that guy was like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to man this kid up. I'm going to teach him, I'm going to make him do things that are not for him. When he asks for Coke, I'm going to tell him that the store was out of Coke. This guy lived to torment me. Uh And it was probably just because I was just a piece of shit kid. But like, did you ever encounter people in your life who obviously were like, this will not stand? I need to straighten this kid out. Oh, uh, for sure. But I I think in this situation, the the, the kids'
1: uh, uh, movements were subtle enough, but also I was attuned to the culture that produced him. So I recognized what they were signaling. And I don't think my dad would have. Oh, I think my dad would have said, well, this kid needs to go to the bathroom or, or <laughs> he has an infection or something.
0: He but, had not received the cultural or formal training. Like in the way when you got a baby, you go like the five S's or whatever. You swaddle, you soothe, you do the shushing, all those things. Like he probably didn't have a lot in his toolbox for surly, Sullentine.
1: Well, no, because i don't think anxiety w- existed no, no, and so there wasn't a there wasn't a way to express it um, uh, that would have been recognizable to them right,
0: uh, right, right. so
1: it was'll like say nothing to me in this situation, that teen did have an audience because I did understand what all of that was about um. And it was only because I think he was still just young enough to be unsophisticated that it that I saw that it was a you know, it's very hard to say an act, but that
0: there was acting it along with it, you know. Um mm-hmm. and, well, something that I've quoted you on a lot. I think a lot one of your most important thought technologies from way a long time ago was that idea of trying ideas on like a jacket an idea that I have not only stolen and reused, but have adapted to talking Mm -hmm. about how kids do a thing that I call rehearsing life, where like you're trying out a personality, you're trying out a tone of voice, you're doing this kind of stuff. And sometimes you do that. If you trust your parents, you do it around your parents, right? It seems like counterintuitive, but it's true. You, you're not going to go try and like act like Fonzie around the cool kids at school, unless you're an idiot, you're going to practice that at home and that's a lot when we see kids doing in this case what you're calling i think you're calling acting it's also that they're they're maybe trying something on and seeing what works what they can get away with what makes them feel good or whole don't you think that's part of it is like we're going through that phase and you know trying to be more than just a collection of things you don't like maybe you want to figure out affirmative like who you are well yeah but i but 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 not in the 70s that didn't exist in the 70s
1: no and i'm not sure that you know i'm i am I, thinking back at us, we chose a lot of antisocial behaviors as mm. part of bonding with our peers that would have to, to, an adult looked like, you know, why are you doing that? You're never going to be able to get a job with that tattoo. <laughs> yeah. Um, or you're never going to be able, you know, that's not going to help you in life,
0: what you're doing right now. And we did it, uh, we did it with all the that teenage <laughs> sneer. what you doing what you're doing is unusual and confusing to me so now it's my job to bring down the boom and talk about what I really want to say is I don't understand you and I think you're weird but the way that comes out is here's how you need to change if you're going to become an adult
1: well and and that change is part of being an adult you know that there, there is a moment where you go right. oh well obviously now I can wear tattoos to work where I couldn't have before because there was enough. Because there was a there was a, yeah it's like an overton window change yeah but there's still I mean I remember the 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 lead, lead guy from uh, from Band of Horses mm-hmm. showed up one day when we were you know still coming up and he had a a, a neck tattoo mm-hmm. and I thought it was kind of the first time somebody I knew had gotten a big tattoo on their neck and I thought
2: whoa
1: that really limits what you can do. It does. But he became a huge rock star, and his neck tattoo
0: only helped. Mm -hmm. Classic example, though, of us looking at the past versus us wondering about the future. You look at the past and you go, What you're really saying? Not not you, I'll speak for myself. When I see somebody with a neck tattoo, I'm really thinking about we would never be the principal of my high school in 1972. (laughs) Right. That's, what, that's be- what it really means. When we're looking backwards and trying to square something against our own background, and yeah, it definitely didn't pass the test of, you know, this is for me. Uh, neck tattoos are not for me. People with neck tattoos, not for me. But also, we're like really unintentionally, I think, like talking about like, oh my God, it was so hard for me to get a job in 1991. Can you imagine if I had a neck tattoo? Right. Instead right. of thinking about, again, an Overton window change, we're like, it's it's not that's not that weird now and it's not it doesn't mean that you're in a biker gang right exactly
1: and and i think the hard thing for for me and mm-hmm. for you and me and maybe every member of generation x is when that extends does that is that the same and does it extend to taking your shoes and socks off on an airplane and putting your feet up on the armrest of the person in front. They're going to be studying that in universities f- for will. years. They will. They and better. Is, they, somebody needs to figure same? it out. Like, now you can have a neck tech too and be the CEO of a tech company, and everybody's like, high five, bro. Mm-hmm. But, but, our, but when we say, as members of our generation, hey, you can't do that, and we actually, and I mean back when i was on twitter and i would say you can't put your feet your bare feet up on the oh, seat in front but of you."
0: i like to be comfortable i paid for this exactly. ticket Ugh. exactly and all
1: that actual pushback like legitimate pushback from people is like why can't i wear a g-string on an airplane and you think is that an example of me being an old
0: i abso- i'm i absolutely agree about the question i'm not going to give you my answer to the question cuz i think you know my answer to the question <laughs> but I think that's a very, you're right, that's a very valuable question to ask. Another way that I like to put it that's a little more frank or cutting is, like, how much of this is about my shit and how much of this is about their shit? Because I'm trying to get out of the business of criticizing people for their shit when I'm really mad about my shit.
1: Yeah, and I wonder whether
0: not having someone else's feet on you is your shit or their shit. We talked about this on Dude by Friday. There's a guy, there was a guy who had to be uh, escorted off a plane cuz he wouldn't stop masturbating over and over and over. But he paid for that seat. Yeah. Well, let me
1: ask you this. Yeah. If it's literally that they're putting their shit on you, is that your shit now? That they're putting their poop on you? They're uh, literally they're smearing their poop because they paid dove for their seat.
0: You into <laughs> the very heart of the analogy and then removed the heart inside the heart and you took it out and that mm. that's that's where you'd say to somebody, Pardon me ma'am, I need to get through, put my bag up. Also here's some of my shit I'm gonna put it on you. Here's my poop that I need mm. to put now on. Now I'm gonna you masturbate for-, <laughs> for three hours until they land the plane. And that's in order for me to feel comfortable in, in on the plane. <laughs> I pay for the seat.